0: Bible, back to where we were last night, Exodus chapter 7. But tonight we're also looking in Exodus chapter 3. Last night it was Exodus 7 and Exodus 2. Tonight it'll be Exodus 7 and Exodus chapter number 3. I hear those pages turning. How many churches did we say? 15? That's a big deal, Brother Bill. That's, that's a big thing. It just makes me want to weep, man. That's, that's big stuff. You know, I'm on a campaign out here running these roads. I'm trying my best in communities to pull churches together, Brother Haynes. I'm, I'm really trying with all my might. And it just thrills me to see churches working together. Listen, you pastor your church like God wants you to. Don't worry about how Brother Bill pastors this church. Amen. And then when he comes to your place, he'll give you the same courtesy. Can I get an amen right there? Amen. We're all different. we all got different personality, But aren't you glad we're on the same team? Amen. We're team players for the glory of God. And I appreciate, I saw where folks were watching last night in the Philippines and we welcome our Filipino friends on this Friday morning service. That's right. It's Friday morning there. And then I got a friend, dear preacher friend in Lynchburg, Virginia in the hospital who's watching by his in his bed there, Lloyd Shepherd, great man of God. You never know who's watching. You never know who's out there. And we thank you all of you. Exodus chapter 7 i got to get moving here. I'm going to read half of verse number 9. And some of you are wondering why I won't read the whole verse. If you'll come tomorrow night, I'll tell you, all right? Verse number 9, I'll read that half of a verse, and then we'll look in Exodus 3. The Bible says, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying... Here's what he's going to say. Here's what he's going to say show a miracle for you. Look in chapter 3 with me, please. I'll read just a few verses in this very familiar chapter, beginning in verse number 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, verse 1, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Notice, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight Why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Father, tonight we're so thankful for the great singing from our friends from Freedom tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the good congregation music. Lord, here we are again with almost a packed out house, and how we thank you for all of our friends that have come from 15 different churches. And Lord, tonight, thank you for Pastor Beal and what he means to all of us here tonight. I pray you'll ever bless him and anoint him and help him touch his throat, touch his voice. Lord, tonight, we thank you for all you've done Now we've opened this real important text from your Bible and we sure do need some help tonight because Lord we know without you we can do nothing. Help us here a few minutes I pray in Jesus Christ's name. I pray amen and amen. There are two important first things In Exodus chapter 7, in Exodus chapter 7, the first important first thing we see, it's Moses' first appearance in front of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. And there stands Moses in front of this most powerful man for the very first time. There's another first thing, Brother Charles, in chapter 7. And it's the first time in the Bible that you find the word miracle. Isn't it amazing that the first time a human would utter the word miracle, it'd be a wicked man like Pharaoh. I said last night, I can't agree with Pharaoh on most anything. But I gotta take sides with him tonight. Because Moses was told by God that Pharaoh's not gonna believe you. He's not gonna believe I'm who you say I am. He's not gonna believe any of this. And Pharaoh's gonna tell you, Moses, that if God's as real as you say that it is, you ought to be able to show a miracle that God's done for you. How many of you got to agree with Pharaoh here? If God's as real as we say that He is, we ought to be able to show a miracle that God's done for us. The miracles are countless surrounding the life of Moses. Most of what we attribute to Moses and his miracles happened after this. So there's a very limited list of miracles that Moses can testify to at this particular time. But last night, I believe we saw the first miracle in the early life of Moses as he found safety in the bulrushes. When Moses was three months old, he wound up In the same crocodile infested waters of all the other thousands of baby boys that drowned and died. But Moses is the only one that ever went in and thank God he came back out. He was the lone survivor. He was the only man in the nation of Israel that was 80 years old. Because all others were drowned. All others died. You talk about a miracle. Y'all making me want to preach that miracle again. I'm glad tonight that Moses found human hands. He found hidden hands. And he even found a heathen's hands that God used to do a miracle when he was only three months old. Tonight, I want to move on to miracle number two. You see, he not only found safety in the bulrushes, but here in chapter three, in our reading tonight, he found salvation at a bush. He found salvation at a bush. Whoop! Glory to God. Oh, I just love the story of the burning bush. If you don't believe in miracles, you just got to look at what God said that happened at that burning bush. God set in motion the deliverance of an entire nation there at a little old dried up bush that got on fire. I said it got on fire and it just kept on burning. God help us tonight. We need to get on fire. We need the fire back at the house of God. We've just about frozen up. We've just about frozen over. I told you last night, we've humanized God. we put God down on our level. We need to realize His ways are past finding out. His ways are higher than our ways. And He is the supreme, sovereign God of the ages. And God can still do miracles. I love chapter 3 because in chapter number 3 is where Moses got saved. I want you to think about Moses climbing up Mount Horeb. If you like typology in the Bible, Horeb is a picture of Holy Ghost conviction because Horeb, it's a rocky place. It's a rugged place. It's not a mountain you'd go to for vacation. It's a hot, it's a rugged, it's a jagged old mountain. Much like it is when the Holy Ghost of God gets a hold of some sinner's heart. Nobody ever gets saved without Holy Ghost conviction. Some think I'm old fashioned. They think I'm old school. You can say anything you want about me, but Jesus said, No man can come to the Father except he's drawn by the Spirit of God. Do you believe that tonight? If you're saved this evening, you remember when you had a horrible experience that is hot jagged and dry rough and rocky but it's there that God got your attention it's there that God got a hold to you Rarely does someone get saved in comfort. Rarely does someone get saved on a bed of ease. It takes a Horeb. It takes a hard place. It takes a rugged place and a rocky place. I see the man Moses climbing up the mountain. Climbing up Mount Horeb. When he got to the top of horror brother Will he saw not just a sight but he saw a great sight brother Jeff. There's a difference in a sight and a great sight. You see this little bush that Moses had no clue what was going to happen at that bush that little dried up bush just ignited. It just ignited. And Moses was looking at that bush. And you know something I believe tonight? I don't believe this was his first burning bush experience. You see, it was so hot up on that mountain. And if a little dry bush got under such heat and conditions... They could just ignite. I mean, that's how hot it was. They could just ignite. But just as soon as that bush would ignite, Brother Bill, it'd go right back out. See, there's nothing to fuel it. It's dry. It's dead. It's insignificant. Then bushes would just catch on fire by themselves. But there's something different, Brother Haynes, about this one. Whoop! I said, there's something different about this one. When this bush ignited, Moses saw it ignite. And he said, Man, I gotta see this great sight. This bush ain't going puff. This bush just keeps on burning. This bush just keeps on burning. And I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. It don't take something big. For God to do something big. God can do something big with something small. God with a little old small bush did something bigger than we can comprehend tonight. Guess what came out of that bush? The voice of God. I've heard the voice of God. You might not like this comparison. But I've met some burning bushes. I've met some. Kent, our mom and dad, they're in heaven now. Every once in a while while I'm preaching, I think I hear them shout amen. They're in that great cloud of witnesses. And I tell you what, I watched mom and dad as they ignited. And guess what happened? They just kept on burning. They just kept on burning. I said, they just kept on burning. And you know what you get? When you get a saint of God that's on fire, a saint of God that don't go poof, a saint of God that just keeps on burning, you get the voice of God. Woo, God's voice come out of mama God's voice come out there's preachers that were my mentors that are in heaven now they got on fire brother Haynes we had some of the same mentors they burned they crossed the finish line They were burning when the checker flag fell. They went into the presence of God. And i tell you what you hear when you get around saints that's on fire. You know what you hear when you get around burning bushes? You hear the voice of God. Oh, aren't you glad tonight that God lets you rub shoulders with some people that's on fire for God. As a traveling preacher, this bothers me, I guess, as much as anything. I get in meetings. I see a lot of burning bushes. But I see a lot of poof. I see people get on fire, Brother Jeff, and seem like before they get to the parking lot, They've done gone back out. That's not doing nothing for the cause of Christ. Hey, you so I'm just a little person. Or I just pastor a little church. Or I just teach a little class. Or I just bring a few people in a van. Friend, don't underestimate what God can do with something little. Something little can get something great accomplished. If something little's on fire, that's what we need. We need the fire back at the house of God. Jesus said of John the Baptist, He was a burning and a shining light. My how we need that in the pew. People that are burning. People that are shining. People that have God's voice coming from their lives can someone say amen Pharaoh oh yeah Pharaoh you want to know a miracle God did for me I climbed up on a mountain one day and a little old bush just started burning the voice of God came out of that bush and I found salvation at that bush Oh, the greatest of all miracles is when God saves a sinner. That's the greatest miracle. Hallelujah. Becca, good to see you tonight. I told my older brother, I said, I remember when she was as bald as a bowling ball because of cancer. They gave her up to die. But God did a miracle for her. Oh, look at that hair now. God saved her. God did a miracle for her. Rebecca, just get on fire. Just stay on fire. That's what your girls need. That's what your church needs. We all need to get on fire. Can the church say amen? I just love miracles. I love miracles that only God can get the glory for. Hallelujah. That brother our friend was talking about, I saw him walk in who was crippled for a long time in a power chair. I saw him with my own eyes walk in. Nobody can explain it. Nobody understands it. But I tell you, we that believe in miracles, we don't have no problem with that. I serve the same God that walked this earth 2,000 years ago. He opened the eyes of the blind cleanse the lepers thank God he raised the dead I'm talking about the God of miracles friend if you're saved tonight by the grace of God you've got something to tell God has done a miracle in your life there was a burning bush there was a bush on fire it was not consumed it just kept on burning, Brother Tony. If you ain't got nothing to pray for, pray for me. I want to be burning when I breathe my last breath. I remember laying in that hospital bed. How was there 84 days. Much of that intensive care. Kent, you came to see me. Some of you others did when you could make an appointment during the height of covid It was hard to even visit somebody. You know the story. But I remember my boys, my sons are grown. Some of you know Matthew, my youngest son. Some of you know Jeremy, my oldest son. They're both in their 30s. I'm laying there unconscious. I wasn't going to tell this. I was semi-unconscious. Have you ever heard somebody say, be careful what you say around somebody? That's unconscious because they may be able to hear you. Well, I was laying there semi-unconscious; I was just about gone. Some reason, both my sons were permitted to visit that day, and there at the foot of my bed, they were weeping and planning my funeral. I listened to them say, "Well, I guess maybe we could have it at Temple; they could seat the crowd." I mean, that's what they're talking about, Brother Haynes. I'm laying there dying. And I said, Lord, give me enough breath to say something. Lord, give me enough breath to say something. And about that time I said, boys. Boy, you talking about shutting down that conversation. You talking about the Lazarus effect. I said, boys, y'all doing a good job planning my funeral y'all are doing a good job and if I die I promise I'll be there I won't disappoint you I said but dad's not dead yet but just in case I do cross on over just in case I do leave this world boys I just want to tell you one more time that the old account was settled long ago I have no fear I have no doubt I'm not afraid to die because salvation that I got was a miracle something's wrong with what you got if it's left you afraid something's wrong with what you've got if it's left you in fear aren't you glad thank God God did a miracle. Boy, I'm getting off track, but I think I'm on track. Pharaoh, you want to see a miracle? Hey, Moses found salvation. I found salvation at a bush. I'm almost going to cringe at what I'm fixing to say. Moses, when he climbed up that mountain, it was not Moses the rider of the first five books of the Bible. It was Moses the fugitive. He was on run from the law. I can't hardly imagine Moses being one running from the law. But Pharaoh, when I climbed that mountain, I was a fugitive. Woo! Woo! But when I came down from that mountain... I was forgiven. Woo! Pharaoh, when I climbed that mountain, I was a murderer. I done killed an Egyptian, but when I came down from that mountain, I was a man of God. God can take a fugitive and God can forgive them, God can take a murderer. And make a man of God. Hey Pharaoh, when I climbed that mountain, I was a sinner. But when I came down, I was a saint. That's what God can do. That's what this world needs to know. That God has done for us. Hallelujah. I could preach a while, but I need to move. Aren't you thankful for what God can do? What God can do at a little old dried up bush that's on fire and just keeps burning. And thank God the voice of God came out of that bush. Well, there's not only a burning flame, that's a miracle. It it just keeps burning. Ken, it just keeps burning. But number, number two, there was a behavior change. Again, people call me old school. But I still believe a behavior change accompanies salvation. Anybody else believe that? I'm looking at men and women in this room. Years ago, you were in the hippie movement. You were in all that mess. And now look at you in the house of God carrying a Bible. You used to hate this stuff. You used to hate this stuff. Now this is what you love. It's what you call a behavior change. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Whole things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I don't care how bad you were. Ain't nobody in here worse than Moses was. But God saved him. And God made a behavior change in the life of Moses. No need to doubt your salvation. If there's been a behavior change, that's the bottom line. Old things passed away. All things become new. Now you rub shoulders with a crowd you used to run from. Now you like sitting on a pew with people you used to hate. That's what you call a new creature. Only God can change a heart like that. Am I right, Brother T.J.? Am I right? Can I show you some practical things about this? There's a lot of speculation. And I'm not against anybody's interpretation as long as it's biblical and principled from the Bible. But can I just give you some practical stuff about taking your shoes off? Now... The Bible says before Moses could approach God, am I still right? God said, whoa, you can't come. you got to take your shoes off. Now there's a lot of, lot of things we can say about that. I want to talk to you a minute about it just practically, just practical. You see, when you take off your shoes and you're on ground that's hot, Jagged, rugged, sandy. And it's hot enough up on that mountain that a little bush can just ignite. That's what you call hot ground. Now, unless your feet's a lot tougher than mine, if I'm walking barefoot across hot sand, sharp, jagged stones, brother, that's going to be what I call... A careful walk. Amen. Now, I'm not going to pull my shoes off in here tonight because we don't have enough sunglasses to go around. You'll you'll get that after a while. My feet ain't seen the sunshine in a long time. They're white as snow. But I'm going to tell you something about my tender feet. If I had to take my shoes off in this setting, I'm going to be walking careful. You know, a lot of people don't walk careful. Pastors, am I right? How many church members you got that's not walking very careful? They're kicking. They're stomping. They're jumping up and down about something they don't like. You see, what your problem is, you need to get your shoes off. you get them shoes off, you'll quit that kicking. You quit that stomping. Whoops, can somebody say amen? amen? It's not only a careful walk. I'm just talking practically now. But when you ain't got no shoes on, that produces a clean walk. I know we country folks, I done rode by how many cow pastures coming over here. Everybody knows what it means to step in something. Amen. Well, I want to tell you something, friends. When you ain't got no shoes on, you're a whole lot more apt to do a clean walk. You won't be stepping in everything. You'll be careful what you step in. Me and Kent was raised with black Angus cows. We both had a Ph.D. before we were nine years old. That's called a post hole digger. Amen. You'll get that after a while. But I remember feeding them cows in the winter time when it may have been snow and the snows melted. May have had rain and ice and the ice is melted. And around that old feeding trough, here them, here them cows would come and them old big black Angus cows be standing knee deep and, you know, all kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Stuff we don't want to talk about in the pulpit. Yeah. But they'd be standing in that mire. And when I'd go out to feed them, guess what I'd do? I don't know what Kent did, but I'd jump right in there with them. I'd get in there knee-deep with them. You say, why'd you do that? I had rubber boots on. They came up to my knees. But I tell you this, you're not going to jump in that kind of stuff if you're barefoot. You know why some of you is jumping in pornography? And jumping in websites where you have no business. And jumping in and out of wicked movies and ungodly conversations. You just need to get your shoes off. You'd be amazed how you quit stepping in so much field. Ain't this good preaching, y'all? Amen. You know what it also will? It'll produce a circumspect walk. Now, if I had to walk, sister, I see you back there at the double doors. If I had to walk straight to them double doors barefoot and I'm on hot sand, Brother Haynes, I'm on hot, jagged stones and I got to get from here to there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a circumspect walk. I'm going to make every step count. I'm not going to be going around in circles like a lot of church members are. I'm not going to be wasting a bunch of steps. I'm going to get there in the least steps possible. God help us tonight. We've got too many people at the house of God. They're going around in circles. They're going places they have no business. Get them shoes off and let's get from point A to point B in the least amount of steps as possible. It's a cushionless walk. You know, it don't take much for somebody, Charles, to get out of God's will. Sometimes we think somebody had to grab a liquor bottle to get out of God's will. Wait, whoa, 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 you're way out on that. All it would have took for Moses to get out of God's will was a little thin piece of leather that separated his feet from that hot burning sand. That little leather was his cushion. Boy, don't we love our cushions. Don't we love the things that keep us from the heat and keep us from the stones and keep us from the pain? You see, we're not walking by cushion. We're supposed to be walking by faith. And Moses would have been out of God's will, Brother Jeff, had it not been getting that little thin piece of leather away from his foot and that ground. I stepped out 100% by faith from a good church seven years ago. I'm talking about, if I told you everything our church did for me, some of you would probably get offended. They were just, I couldn't even suggest that I liked something because, man, here they'd come with it. That's the kind of church I pastored. And that's the way your church ought to be. Don't get so quiet on me. You want to kill Baptists, just, just say a little something about being good to the preacher and you'll kill most of them graveyard dead. And by the way, you ought to thank God. God left Brother Bill here. And God left you a preacher where you are. Thank God for that. But I stepped away from everything a pastor could want with no cushion. Nothing. Zero. Zero. And I didn't, see a lot of folks think that I left the pastorate to go into evangelism. Ask Brother Haynes, he was one of the men that I talked to privately. I didn't know what I was going to do. All I knew, God told me to step down. I had no clue. See, I'm breaking traditional rules here. You see, you're not supposed to make a move until you know exactly what God wants you to do. God said, I'll tell you what I want you to do, step down. I said, what do I do after that? He said, we're not worried about after that. You do that. And when I did that, stepped out. And God don't want everybody to do this. I'm just talking about what God told me. You stay put till God tells you to move. If God tells you to move, I'll help you pack. But if God don't tell you to move, you stay put. You may finish your course right where you are. I thought I would where I was. But I stepped out from all those benefits and all that good, good things to zero, zero, zero. It's been seven years. We hadn't went hungry. We hadn't went thirsty. God has met every single need. God's taken care of me. He launched me in evangelism. I had no clue that's what I would do. But that's what God wanted me to do. If you'll give me health and strength, I'll preach 90 revivals this year. That's a lot of preaching, amen. And I just want you to know, sometimes God requires we give up the cushion. God requires a cushionless walk. Just step out by faith. That's what He did for me. And since I'm on it, I was down completely. I'm talking about a hundred percent disability one year of those seven years. That's no revivals. That's no preaching. A lot of that was in the hospital in unconscious. You can call my wife tonight. God took care of us when I couldn't even get out of the bed. God's been good. Hey, what's wrong with some of you? You're too dependent on that cushion. Step out by faith. There was a cushionless walk, but, but I, got, I got to give you this one. And I'm, I'm trying to get to a close. But in this burning bush experience, yes, there was a burning flame. Yes, there was a behavior change. But there was a benevolent call. I believe with all my heart somebody really needs to pay attention right now. I want you to notice, if you still have your Bible open, if you don't, just listen. Look at verse number 4. There was a benevolent call. The Bible says in verse number 4, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Do you see what I see, everybody? How many times has Moses written there? Twice. Twice. Now, I don't know how much time lapsed from the first time God said Moses to the second time God said Moses. I can't tell you that, but I can tell you this. The first time God said Moses, there's no response. There's no response. Moses don't move. Moses don't get saved. Moses, don't approach God. Y'all getting quiet on me. But you and I better be thankful tonight for the benevolent call. Because God not only called His name one time, but I see the God of a second chance. You'd be amazed, 75% of this congregation that's saved tonight did not get saved You did not get saved the first time. God called your name. But aren't you glad He didn't throw you away? Aren't you glad He didn't put you in hell? Aren't you glad that God gave you another chance? And God gave you another call. (laughs) Hallelujah to God. I I just got to do this. How many of you tonight would be on and say, Preacher, I'm saved, but I'm like Moses. I didn't get saved the first time. Look at all them hands. Look around. Look around. Hey, what if God had thrown all us in hell? But aren't you glad He didn't? Brother Haines, thank God He called again. Thank God He's a God of a second chance. Thank God He's a benevolent God. Moses... No response. I'm thinking, come on, Moses, come on. No response. I'm sure people saw God speaking to you and me. They're thinking, come on, come on, but you didn't move. Charles, aren't you glad that he called again? Will, aren't you glad that he called again? I show you places in the Bible where God called more than two times. I don't know how many times He'll call, but in Moses' case, it was twice, and Moses got saved at that burning bush. Don't you ever feel like that your story's not that great? I mean, how listen, look at—is this a simple little story or not? Here's a grown man standing by a bush that's burning. That's not very dramatic, is it? That's not not very high-rated, is it? But it was at that little bush that he got saved. You might have got saved in a simple sitting somewhere. You might have got saved by a couch. You might have got saved in a little country church. You might have got saved out of China somewhere by yourself, just you and the Lord. It may not have been very dramatic. It may not have been something that anybody would any pay any attention to. But you see, what others think about us and what others say about us, that's not what's important. What's important is what God says about us. How many of you thankful that you found salvation? That's the greatest miracle. You see, God kept him alive when he was three months old. Now he's a grown man running from the law, but God saved him watched him, made him one of the greatest leaders of all time and eternity, the message and ministry of the man Moses. As we stand tonight with heads bowed, you reckon our singers could come back and maybe play some music and